What does curriculum look like in a classroom that puts comprehensible input at the center of the language acquisition experience? Is it possible, in fact, to follow a curriculum in either a traditional or even a reinvented way? Well, in this episode, we look at this very question with Adriana Ramirez. She is a Spanish teacher in Canada, and Adriana helps us to see what curriculum looks like in her classroom as she implements a CI approach to language teaching and learning. So let's jump in. Are you a language teacher looking for some reassurance that what you're doing in the classroom is on the right track? Or maybe you're looking for some ways to teach even more effectively. If you're one or the other or somewhere in between, you've landed in the right place. This is the World Language Classroom Podcast with your host, me, Joshua Cabral. You're about to get tips, tools, and resources so that your students continue to rise in proficiency and communicate with confidence. Let's jump in. Vamos, allons-y. Hello, my friends. Bonjour, mes amis. Hola, mis amigos. Welcome to the World Language Classroom Podcast. I am Joshua Cabral, and thank you. You know, I always start by saying thank you because you're a teacher taking time out of your week to listen to a podcast, to listen to teachers talking about language teaching, and that's what makes you an incredibly invested educator. So thank you so much for taking the opportunity to do that. On our episode today, we're going to be talking about comprehensible input and CI. This is likely not a new theme. It's something that a lot of teachers are hearing about. Luckily, now it's not such a new concept. But I think that there's kind of a surface level understanding of it. And we have the opportunity today to really get into the the structure and the curriculum of a CI classroom along with Adriana Ramirez. And I'm so privileged to be speaking with her today. I've seen her so much around social media and around the CI world that in our virtual experience where we can connect with people. And so she reached out to me a couple of weeks back and she said, let's have a conversation on the podcast. And I said, absolutely, let's do that. So Adriana Ramirez is from Colombia, but for the last 14 years, she has been in Canada, in British Columbia, in Vancouver. And throughout this time, she has been, I'm going to call her a pioneer in comprehensible input and CI in Canada. A lot of times we hear about what's happening in the United States with it. So it's interesting to have that perspective from Canada. But she has been a pioneer for bringing this idea of comprehensible input to Canada. So in addition to teaching for about 20 years, teaching Spanish for about 20 years, she also was an ELL teacher teaching English before Spanish, but she's also a writer. She is an author and a very accomplished writer and author as well. And she's writing novels for students that are learning Spanish. But also she was telling me that there are native Spanish speakers and readers who have discovered her as well that are jumping into her stories and her work. So just so much to dive into today with Adriana Ramirez. So bienvenida y gracias, muchísimas gracias por estar aquí con nosotros hoy. Hola, hola muchas hola. gracias. Thank <laughs> you for having me here. It is a pleasure. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah. So I hope I did you justice at explaining sort of the Adriana Ramirez experience up till now. Is there anything you want to add to that or are we good to go? 
We're good to go. You did a great job. <laughs> okay. All right. I always I always like to honor and respect the the work of the fascinating teachers that I get to spend time with. So thank you so much for being here and taking on this conversation. So as a pioneer, as I referred to you, with CI in Canada, but in the the virtual world all over the place where I see you, I would like to hear your thoughts on those key aspects of ACI classroom and how that might be somewhat of a departure from more traditional or legacy approaches to language teaching. What what does that mean to be a, a CI classroom for you? It means building really strong relationships with the students. And by saying this, I don't mean other ways of teaching don't do it. I mean that you embrace the CI methodology. There is no way out of it Mm. because everything that you do is an excuse to stay in the target language. So you start sharing about yourself and then you start asking your students about their lives and you keep it comprehensible, but everything becomes a way to learning about each other through stories, through personalized questions, through picture talk. So I find, and I see it from my own experience because I was also a more traditional teacher. I, I was a grammar-oriented teacher at one point using a, a traditional textbook, and it was day and night. Mm-hmm. I thought I had strong relationships with my students until I switched ways of teaching. Now I know what it mm-hmm. means to have a strong relationship with my students. Mm-hmm. And so how have you seen students react differently to their language learning from that initial approach to this CI approach? So I, I hear so many things from them that I love. Those bits and pieces are treasures. One day, one student told me, I registered into your class because I thought it was going to be another easy language class full of worksheets and exercises. And then I realized, oh no, I need to pay attention and I will learn. She will make me learn a lot. That experience that they give me the feedback and they say, it's very structured. We learn, but we also have fun. Mm -hmm. Is the point key in this change of methodologies. Mm -hmm. So you had mentioned the relationship with students that comes out of this approach, and it's getting personal with students and having them share their personal experiences. And so what are some of those particular activities? And we're going to get really specifically into what the class looks like, but can you think of maybe an example of an activity in the classroom that gives a student an opportunity to be much more involved than they would have been had it been the more grammar, vocabulary-focused kind of classroom? The center of my teaching goes around telling the students stories. And no matter if I do story asking, storytelling, or story listening, I always try to bring their input in what I am doing. So the stories are very personalized. And the same story, the same skeleton of a story looks different in different classes. So that personalization makes them own the story and Mm -hmm. makes them own their learning and they get invested. So this idea of making it personal 
just to make sure that we're using the terminology in a way that everyone understands. Personal doesn't mean that they're always sharing personal details about themselves. They may be, but they're personally involved in the creation of the story. So when we're saying personal, is that what we're saying? We're saying that like you personalized, so you listen to them and you take their their ideas to build a story or complement a skeleton that you already have in mind. But sometimes it's also sharing personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Our classes open a space for them to talk a little bit as deep as they want, because mm-hmm. we also respect that about their house and, and their pets and their family. Same, mm-hmm. we get to share a little bit our, mm-hmm. about ourselves, something that I could not do before. Thank you for that, that clarification. So as I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk a bit about the structure and curriculum. And I think that there are some misconceptions, and we're going to get to the misconceptions later on in our conversation about CI and clarify those. But when we talk about curriculum, I think there's still a bit of a mindset that curriculum means it's this documentation of grammar structures and vocabulary themes. That's what curriculum means. That if you're doing something that's CI, it's much more organic and doesn't really follow a curriculum. So can you talk to us about how the planning and documentation of your approach works into a curriculum framework? Yes, That's a really good question. And there is more than one answer to that Mm -hmm. question, more than one right answer. Mm -hmm. And it depends on your situation, specific situation as a teacher, your school, the kind of students that you teach, the kind of program that you teach. So everything will give you the more organic curriculum that you're saying or a more structured curriculum. And I will say you have a lot of possibilities, but they're all valid. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to jump in Mm -hmm. into the structured curriculum. I -hmm. have a very, very structured curriculum because I get my students in grade nine, which is the first year that they take a Spanish in, in British Columbia, grade 10 and in grade 11. So after only two years of Spanish, that is technically two semesters, we are in a semester system, they jump into IB Spanish when they choose. And I teach IB Spanish, which is two years. So I only have two years to take them to an advanced level to be prepared for IB. I have a structured curriculum in the sense that I know where I need to take them. And that's my north. I have my stories. I don't do story asking. I do storytelling. I have a skeleton of a story. I use that as skeleton. I let every class help me personalizing that story, but I have my purpose, I have my words, I have my grammar, that every story is the scaffolding into the next one, into the next one, into the next one. So when they get to IB, I know they know what I need them to know. So in your classroom, you definitely have a a curriculum and a structure. And I think sometimes when teachers are engaging in these conversations, they may be in a school program or a department where there is a very prescribed curriculum in terms of they have to cover certain grammar topics and they don't have the freedom or the flexibility to move beyond that. So what you're referring to in your classroom, this CI approach, 
do you find, and I'm I'm sure you're going to say, yes, you can do it, but I want to hear the reasons why, that if you do have this prescribed curriculum, can you still teach with CI, even though you might have those expectations of covering grammar and vocabulary curriculum? Yeah, so what you need to understand is that teaching with comprehensible input methodologies is the key ingredient for acquiring a language. So if you have a prescribed grammar and themes that you're supposed to teach, you can do it with the stories and with picture talks and movie talks. You can do everything with comprehensible input methodologies. It is possible. Do not think you have to follow the grammar explanation and the word book. You don't. You will have more success if you take that that you are expected to teach and teach it through stories and other CI methodology. So could you give us an example? Suppose I'm teaching a level one class. It's a level one Spanish class, and I need to make sure that students can conjugate verbs in the present tense. They're not necessarily acquiring the verb conjugations, but they might have to understand what they are. So how, how can you make that work there? So something that we need to understand also is that we don't teach to check that we finish a unit, a topic, or a theme. So we don't teach colors, check, move on. You take the whole year or the whole semester to teach language. So all that present tense is not going to be checked within the first month. It's going to take you the whole year, but it's going to take you the whole year at the same time that you're teaching the colors and the numbers and clothing. All of that, it's embedded in every story. So trust the process. You won't be able to assess your students after a couple of weeks and say, yes, they got present tense conjugation because it doesn't work like that. But by the end of the first year of a Spanish or any language you teach, yes, they will be able to conjugate the verbs in present tense, in past tense, and in other tenses after the first year naturally. The beauty of this is that they do it without knowing, which is the same feeling that we get when you are a native speaker of your language. And I love this when they correct themselves and they say, yo tiene, for example, and they stop, not because I stop them, because I don't correct them, because it sounds wrong. And they say, no, yo tengo. And that self-correction is beautiful because mm -hmm. then I know they are acquiring the language and it's a, a gut feeling. Mm -hmm that I want them to know. So when I know, when I, I at the end of grade nine, when they write their stories, it's beautiful. They say, yo tengo, él tiene, yo tenía. They use all the conjugations mm -hmm. and way more than I am expecting. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that's a big part of the mindset shift when you were pointing out that you can't, after two weeks, expect them to be able to tell you all the forms of a verb. But after having used them in context for an entire year, you know, and I think that's that's the the shift in the expectation with curriculum. It's when and how you're assessing. It's not that you're not assessing that. It's 
trusting the process and knowing that it's going to be longer. So thank you for that clarification. That was really helpful. So I'd like to talk about the structure of your lessons. And we've gotten into it a little bit. And there are a couple of the techniques and methodologies that are involved in the CI world that you've already mentioned, some of the movie talks and picture talks and storytelling. So what does the structure of a lesson look like in any given class? You can take any class and what are students experiencing for, I don't know how long your classes are, but say they're with you for an hour. What does that student experience look like with you? Okay, so I like, no matter the grade level, I like starting my classes with music. So we always start with music, depending on the level the song has a purpose with what we're learning or not, but I always start with music in Spanish. I find that it's a good way to prime their brains, get them ready for class, waiting for the couple of students that arrive late, but for different reasons. So I always turn the lights off and we start with music. They sing, of course, they have the lyrics and they sing. Then we have calendar talk with personalized questions and with TPR. So we talk, there are different ways of doing calendar talk. My way, it's not fancy or complicated, zero prep. I just write the date every day on the board and then we go over the date and we simply go, today is this, what is it tomorrow? What was yesterday? What date was a week ago? And we play with the numbers mm -hmm. and the days of the week without them realizing that they're learning numbers and days of the week, what is happening today at the school, what are you going to do tomorrow, a simple calendar talk, and then PQ, and the PQ, PQ stands for personalized questions. So the personalized questions I do with whatever we're learning, the purpose of this is using the grammar and the topics that you are using in class during that week throughout the stories, you take them and you use them to make connections with the students. So, for example, if I am learning about the blue cats, which is one of the stories that I use, I'm going to ask who has a cat, who has a dog. If you have a cat, where does your cat sleep? Does it sleep in the kitchen? Or So it's just using the same verbs, grammar, all of those things in a different context. So they get the exposure and the repetition without knowing it's just a different context. So I do that. And then I always do TPR, all the action verbs that I've been using throughout the week or that I know I will be using, let's say tomorrow, because I'm starting a new story tomorrow. I will preload those action verbs and we start moving. And I would say, Everyone stand up, everyone dances, everyone dances slowly, everyone dances like a cat. And then I start recycling words, action verbs, personalized questions. That might take 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I don't know. I will stretch it as much as I can. If everyone is engaged, I will stretch this. Sometimes it's 30 minutes of my block doing calendar talk, PQ, and TPR. So I have some questions, the details and logistics as we are going through this. So when you're starting a new story, 
-hmm. Before starting that story with students, are you determining in advance what your focus structures and vocabulary are going to be? I think that's one of the misconceptions about CI is that it's completely organic and it's wherever the story takes us. So can you talk us through your process of having that planning for it's essentially like that targeted vocabulary and structures. Yes. So there are different ways of doing it. And you as a teacher have to experiment with all of them and find the way that works for you, your personality, your situation, your students and your school. So you have to have that clear because it works for someone else. It might not work for you. Uh, there is a, a very free and a structured storytelling way of doing it, and it's valid, and it works for some people, and it works depending on the context. For my context and for my personality, it doesn't work. Because I, like I said before, I only have two years, which is two semesters, to prepare them for IB. I cannot have it open. I need to have it structured. And also my personality, I like having control of what is going to happen. I need to know that I'm doing the same story with these three grade nine classes. I don't have the mental space to have mm -hmm. different stories with every grade nine class. So for my own mental health and sanity, mm -hmm. I do storytelling. Mm -hmm. So story asking is when you start and then you let it go take whatever route it needs to take. Storytelling, you have a skeleton. You do have a skeleton. You have a base story. That base story has the grammar and the words that you want to target. But then you adapt it to your classes and the names of the characters and the places are different and the descriptions are different. And then you have a story listening that is another way of doing mm -hmm. it. So as you're going through a story and new vocabulary is coming up, you're recycling other vocabulary. How are you documenting the new vocabulary so that students have it? Or does that not happen? What does that look like? Oh, new words came up. So how do you provide that as a resource to students? Well, the, the new words that I'm, I know I'm going to be using for the story. So first I start preloading some during the personalized question, TPR, TPR, I didn't say total physical response mm -hmm. time. So I start preloading pre them and I know they start learning them. So that's one part. But I also project the words on the screen through the projector because I am pointing at them when I am telling the story. Part of the storytelling technique is pointing. You have to point and pause. And the pointing requires the word in the target language and the translation, in my case, is English because it's the common language that we share. You do need to have the words somewhere where you're pointing constantly. So I have them there. I give them some time to copy them, to write them down. I know that writing down won't translate into language acquisition, but it gives them peace of mind having the words on a piece of paper. And it also gives me a couple of minutes to make my tea, take attendance, talk to the couple of students that you need to talk to. So that gives us like five minutes for everyone to get ready. So it's a, it's a good little break. And so ultimately, I think you've explained a lot of this, but I, just to clarify, ultimately, what do you see in your students that 
this method of going about language teaching and learning is in fact more beneficial to them than the more traditional grammar-focused approaches? Well, more beneficial, they are acquiring the language. The language becomes part of their lives, part of their hearts. They, they fall in love with it. More beneficial because they have a lot of fun. They tell me that a lot of the times they come to Spanish and it's the happy class, mm-hmm. the class that is a break the class that they can relax, the class that they can laugh. And this happens across Mm -hmm. a lot of teachers that use these methodologies and I've talked to. So we become like that happy place where you learn, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, relax and have fun and laugh. So it has a lot of benefits. Right. So it's that affective filter situation where they're they're coming in, they're lowering their affective filter, and therefore they're engaging more in a way that's probably not happening when they're learning about the periodic table in science. You know, it's a it's a very different experience there. But I, I want to add something really important and is it is the class in which everyone really and truly has the chance to be successful. Because everyone can learn Spanish mm-hmm. or, or the target language. Mm-hmm. Everyone. And when they come with frustrating experiences, learning in a different way, and they actually see, oh, I'm learning and I'm mm-hmm. getting a really high mark and I'm successful and I understand it. That also is beautiful to see in their self-esteem. Speaking with a incredibly experienced CI teacher with a lot of success, I, I'm appreciating this opportunity because I'm getting to ask all those questions. So really, I've I've Googled around. I re- really can't find it. So I'm going to just I'm going to ask Adriana Ramirez because she's here with me right now. So what often happens, and this might be a misconception, we'll get into those, but this idea of students producing with language, they are writing out the stories that they're learning. And that can have the impression or seem like it's novice level, because they're memorizing chunks of language and verb forms, like they're memorizing like tenia as a past tense, or they're memorizing como as the present tense for i.e. not knowing it's present tense, and they can use it in the context they've seen it. So how are we then supporting students in creating with language that's moving beyond just using those memorized chunks of language and putting it together. So going from knowing that tenia is the past tense of the verb to have in Spanish, but then there's also teníamos, which is another form of the verb that's beyond that. And I think that's one of the the concerns teachers have is when students are rewriting the stories, they are sometimes regurgitating the the forms and the structures, but then how are you supporting them to move beyond that with language creation? That might not be something that they've actually seen. Mm-hmm. Or okay. maybe I'm wrong and they have to have seen it and that's how it becomes acquired. So just talk to us a little bit about your experience with that. So we have to do two things as teachers. First, make sure those words, those verb conjugations that grammar is repeated in different ways, in different contexts. So that's why we do a movie talk or a picture talk, the PQ, the personalized questions, recycling. So we are showing the same language in different contexts and the students 
start making connections. We do not have to explain, mira, aquí están las conexiones. We don't have mm -hmm. to say that. Mm -hmm. They will make the connection because they are understanding and they are narrating with us things. One. Second, what I do to avoid them memorizing the story is that, yes, for example, I finished the story. It takes me a cycle. The cycle is telling the story that I usually take two or three days. We write it together. We do extended reading of the story. Like We do several activities. It usually takes me a whole week to go through a whole cycle. Let's say Friday, we're writing the story. They know they are going to write the story. We're also talking about beginners. Beginners are supposed to reproduce up to a way what they learned because it's, it's what they have. It's the language that mm -hmm. they have now. I'm pushing out of their comfort zone because, yes, they're writing the story tomorrow, but let's say our story had two dialogues. We had two dialogues. But in the version tomorrow, and they don't know, I'm going to say, okay, your version today is going to have three dialogues. So that already, if they went home and memorized something, I'm taking them out of their comfort zone and they have like, oh, I have to change this. And so they, they start playing with the language, but at the same time, in a safe way. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying write something from zero because they're not ready. We have to remember they are babies in the language. So our job, we are the language parents, is holding their hands, let them go a little bit. When we see they're going to fall, we grab their hands again and we hold them. So I am pushing them within the safe environment. I don't know what I'm going to ask them either. So they don't know. So I, I feel it. It's a gut feeling. I look at mm -hmm. them and I say, okay, people, our story had three characters. Your version that you're going to write today is going to have four characters. Mm -hmm. That already... Mm -hmm. It's going to push them to use the language in a different way. Yeah. So it's those modifications of the story or those extensions of the story that they haven't seen already. That's where you're pushing them with the language. Okay. Thank you for, for that. So if we can look a little more at some of the, I'm calling them misconceptions about CI, just some clarification. I think it's helpful with this because these are certain things that teachers I think definitely think about sometimes. So one of the concerns is that the input is only coming from the teacher. It's only the teacher doing the story asking, the storytelling, and it's not coming from other places. So what does that look like in your classroom? So in the comprehensible input methodologies approach, yes, is student-centered, teacher-led. So we do a lot of the input production because we are the ones who, the parents. So a lot of the input, yes, it comes from me, but it also comes from reading and we read a lot. Mm -hmm. So I, I lead the storytelling, I lead the movie talk, I lead the picture talk, and they read and they read mm -hmm. and read and read. So they're getting oral input from me and reading input from different types of texts, mm -hmm. standard readings, novels. Those are the two types of input that they get from the classes. Right. And with the idea that we call it input, so it's so input focused, whether it's from reading or from the teacher, then there's also this misconception that there's not a whole lot of output 
from students that it's mostly focused on input. So talk us through your experience with that. <laughs> there is a lot of output. It's not forced, but there is a lot. It's really hard for them to be quiet. They want to participate. They want to answer your questions, but it's just not forced. It happens mm -hmm. naturally. In my class, I allow Spanish, Spanglish, and English because my job is to stay in Spanish as much as I can. If you are answering my questions in English, it means you're understanding all the Spanish that is coming from me. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of that. And that's where you are at. I will celebrate that. Or I can also hear some Spanglish and it's beautiful mm -hmm. or some Spanish. And it's like everyone answers from where they are ready Mm -hmm. and naturally start moving from one side to the other one. I don't push it. It is what it is. And I'm happy with that. But I ask, with personalized questions, I ask them questions and they answer. So I think one last one I'd like to just develop on a little bit is in terms of planning, the idea of using a textbook is a lot of ready-made materials. And so it just seems that it's more work to plan these CI lessons than just following my textbook. And so what's been your experience with that? Well, I published a curriculum with the stories to teach in the classroom. I follow those stories. There are other CI curriculums. I find every curriculum goes with a different type of teacher and a different type of personality. So you need to find something that works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, my planning is basically zero because I have my stories that I know. It's very structured. My stories, I have my movie talks that go after two or three stories. I already know the picture talks I'm going to do with my students. So my planning at this point, I would say zero. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes I find a new video on YouTube for a movie talk. And I'm like, yes, fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring this one in. So I will plan my embedded reading for that one. So on, but the planning is not much. And what do your assessments look like? We've talked a lot about the classroom experience, but we're all in an educational system, most likely that requires some sort of assessment and documentation of learning. So what does assessment look like in your program? There are different assessments. We have I work with a rubric that has presentational, interpersonal, and interpretative. So presentational would be for, it looks different in any level because they, the more Spanish they know, the more things they can do. So presentational would be the writing piece. They are presenting information to me. So it's the writing piece. So that is an assessment that is a very important assessment. It can also be skits. If you do skits, which is a valid way of doing it, and it's a good break day for you after giving input, you give them a class. The skit is presentational as well, interpersonal and interpretive. When I am doing a picture talk and I'm telling them, I show them pictures when I was little, when I was in the 80s. Can you imagine? So they have so much fun looking at me with those 80s hair and style so i'm telling them stories and then i'm going to ask them questions okay i'm going to ask you questions now where was i how old was i that is interpretive because they were paying attention to me to the information that i was giving and then they can answer questions this is formative 
If you didn't answer today, I don't care. But eventually you will answer tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. So we're doing a formative assessment every day. We're assessing every day. And then the interpersonal could be an oral interview that we have. You read a book and I'm going to ask you some questions about the book. Where does the book take place? Who are the main characters? What was your favorite part? Or ask you questions. So I have those three types of assessment look a little bit different in every grade level. Thank you for the clarification of what that all looks like. So I would be curious to know where you continue to find your inspiration from, you know, being a pioneer of CI in Canada and continuing with this on a, a daily basis in your classroom, where are you looking to for your inspiration? The student. They bring, it, they bring me joy and it brings me a lot of happiness to see their faces, how much they learn, how successful they feel when they can start producing Spanish and retelling stories, talking, answering questions, being in Spanish for 80 minutes. My classes are 80 mm -hmm. minutes. So that is my motivation. That is what keeps me going. Right. Excellent. So at this point, we've talked, we've done a lot of teacher talk. So I would like to pull the curtain back, as I say, a little bit and get to know Adriana a little more. And, you know, if you want to get out your cafecito colombiano, we have a little conversación, a little charla, we can do that. So... Is it okay if I ask you a couple of this or that questions to learn of a little course. more about you? Okay. All right. So the first one, it's about museums. Okay. So if you go to a museum, do you prefer a museum where you stand back and you look and admire and appreciate? Or do you want to have an exhibit that you engage with and interact with? Appreciate. What sort of art do you feel drawn to? Anything that gives me an opportunity to interpret. Do you prefer sort of paintings, drawings, sculpture, both and? I would say both. I would say painting, but mm -hmm. I would enjoy both as long as I can step back, look, enjoy, make connections and try to think possibilities. Yes, excellent. Okay, so the next one, it's a little less cerebral. And it's when it comes to drinks, do you like hot beverages or cold drinks? Hot. Are you a coffee drinker? Of course. Okay. We are kindred spirits. <laughs> <laughs> I love coffee. Coffee and tea, but I am, I am drawn to coffee. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And the last one, would you be more apt to be up early for the sunrise or to stay out late for the sunset? Sunset. Early, never. <laughs> okay. Not an early person. Zero. Zero. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. So I'm sure that there are teachers that are rediscovering the world of CI during this conversation or wanting to go deeper with it. So how can teachers be reaching out and connecting with you? I am very active on Instagram, so they can follow me on Instagram. And my name on Instagram is veganadri. Adri, which is short for, my name is Adriana. So Adri, vegan mm -hmm. Adri and vegan because I'm vegan. So follow me on Instagram. I post a lot of things mainly relating to teaching, decolonization, using novels in the class. I like a lot of those topics. So I will post there. I also have a YouTube channel. If you go on YouTube and write my name, Adriana Ramirez teaching Spanish, I will 
I will be the first one or the second one showing up. And I have posted a lot of videos of me teaching in the class. So you will see everything that we talked about here. Mm -hmm. You we, you could see it in action. So those, I have a, a web page, but my Instagram right now and my YouTube channel are my, my main things. Okay. And those are both in the show notes for sure. So everybody can go right to it and click right on them. So as we end our conversation here and teachers are going into their classroom, whether they're listening to this on their way to school in the morning or just getting ready for school tomorrow, what is some advice that you could leave with them about using CI methodology in their classroom? Do not overthink it. Give yourself the chance to fail, to try it and to fail again and to try it and to feel like it's not working. That's part of the learning process. It took me three years to finally say, oh, I got it. So it's okay to not be good at the beginning. We teachers are perfectionists and we want to be like perfect right on the first day and it doesn't happen. So give yourself the, the chance to fail and enjoy it and keep mm -hmm. doing it and do not overthink it. It's just trying to have a, a conversation with your students in the target language. Think of them as, as babies in the language and that's how you gear your Spanish level. Hmm. So that's bringing me back to something you said in one of the answers to a question I had earlier, where you said, trust the process. And I think it's, it's just coming back to that. Just trust the process. So thank you so much for all of your insights with this. And I often say that pro tips are great, but experience tips are so much more useful for teachers. And I just feel like we got so many incredible experience tips that are also pro tips from you today, Adriana. So thank you so much for sharing with us today and being here on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. What are your takeaways from that conversation with Adriana Ramirez? Hopefully you have a better understanding of what curriculum looks like or can look like in a classroom that puts CI at the center. Be sure to check out the show notes to connect with Adriana Ramirez. You'll also see a link to sign up for Talking Points, my weekly email newsletter with tips and resources for language teaching. There are also links to get in touch with me if you would like to work together either in person in your school or remotely. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the World Language Classroom Podcast. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss a single episode. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WL Classroom. You can also see over 250 blog posts about language teaching at, you guessed it, wlclassroom.com.